Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. What if you knew exactly how to use cold email, LinkedIn, the phone, and other sales channels to get new meetings and customers for your B2B product or service? Morgan Williams is an enterprise sales rep that's obsessed with cold outreach. If you're sick and tired of fluff, theory, and general advice on how to sell to cold prospects from people who haven't sold anything in the past 20 years and instead want detailed, tactical, step-by-step instruction, this is the podcast for you. Each week, he'll interview salespeople, consultants, and entrepreneurs about actual outbound sales campaigns they've run with real numbers and results. Each conversation will be a deep dive into deconstructing a specific campaign's results, as well as the strategy behind it. You'll get the opportunity to peek behind the curtain and see what's actually working now in cold outreach. Welcome to Outbound Metrics. Before we start today's show, I want to take 32 seconds to tell you about Find That Lead. Find That Lead lets you find anyone's email address by entering in the name of your prospect and their domain name or company name into the tool. That's it. Find and verify emails from any website or LinkedIn profile in seconds. Stop spending hours scouring the web and using multiple tools to find your prospect's contact information. With Find That Lead, finding emails has never been easier. Contact decision makers, expand your network, and grow your business. Get 10% off by going to morgandwilliams.com slash find that lead. That's morgandwilliams.com slash find that lead, all one word, or click the link in the description of this episode. Nick Abraham is a B2B lead generation expert who runs a portfolio of SaaS companies in the cold outreach space, including inboxy.io, a cold email domain warming tool, quicklines.ai, an AI-powered email personalization tool, and closify.com, a service that matches your business with proven salespeople. Nick, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Are you ready to dive in? Dude, I'm super excited to be here. Let's do it. Awesome. So these companies that you run, these SaaS companies, can you give us some insight into what is the main value that they provide? Why do people need them? Like, What do they help people do who are in lead generation? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, let's get into it. So, so inboxy, right? Like, um, if you're doing any kind of cold email and you need to warm up your email, but if you kind of look at the the marketplace right now, right, you have a whole bunch of domain warm up tools. But what makes us different specifically is that all the other tools are using Google's API, right? Mm. And we're actually using headless browsers, and so we're able to mimic human behavior a lot better. And if you actually look at the data behind, like a lot of these warm up tools that are like using the API. It actually hurts the domain over a life period because I mean, there's there's a lot of like little nitty gritty things, but it, it just doesn't look it doesn't mimic human behavior, right? That's mm-hmm. the biggest piece, right? And, and like they they're limited on what they can do. They can only reply to emails, and when they reply, they're using GTP three, which or not even using GTP three. They're just using like regular spin tax, and so it's very easy for Google to kind of catch onto that. And so we've done a lot of tests and looked at 
how does the domain survive over a life period of just warming up compared to the others? And ours just outperforms because we're actually able to go into the email, scroll on the email, click the links in the email, mark it out of spam, and actually do a lot of other things outside of that. And so we're really trying to push it to the limits in terms of like humanized opening and responding to emails, just so it helps keep our domains healthy over the life period. So that, that's kind of a quick rundown of Inboxy. Quick lines, we've just launched that literally like two weeks ago. We've been using it for my agency um, for about four to five months, really t- like kind of tweaking it. Quick lines, basically, if you input like a list of your contacts into there, right, your, your, your lead list, it will write like a personalized line for each prospect. It's like a nice, easy icebreaker. And so it'll kind of look at your LinkedIn profile, pick up a couple of things and write a nice, easy, warm icebreaker. And so then you can include that into your cold emails. And so now let's say you load up a a thousand prospects into there, right? Each prospect would get an individualized, personalized compliment. And so when you blast out your emails, it looks like each one was handwritten, handpicked. You know, it looks like you actually did your Mm -hmm. research things of like uh, what really makes a good cold email, right? And so we used to do this by hand and it, it, it was very hard to scale up for the agency, right? And so I was like, okay, let's figure out how we can do this just strictly through automation. That's kind of what Quick Lines and how it came about. It's just simple personalization. And so that's what Quick Lines is. And then Closeify. So I'm not the CEO of that one. I'm a partner in that one. And so that one's really a marketplace, right? It's a marketplace to hire literally top tiered commission closers for your agency, SaaS companies, whatever it may be. I work on that with Alex Hyden. And it's just, it's literally like if you're an agency owner, you're in that stage where you haven't really scaled up to where you can afford like a full-time employee, or if you're just looking to add on to your sales team without having to, you know, bring on someone that is like, you know, you're paying on a salary plus commission. These guys are like, they're proven closers, right? You don't have to do the training. They have an account manager that does the training for them. We vetted each one of them. They have to close at least 500,000 before they're even in our marketplace. And so we actually vet that. And then we we really pair them up with you. And then they work, work strictly on commission. Uh, just straight inbound closers. And so that's like the, the value prop of Closeify, right? Like you can literally skip the recruiters. You can skip trying to train and hire and do all that. You literally just get access straight to certified closers. They're going to help you just close more deals. Awesome. So that's, a, that's a quick rundown of the three companies right there. Awesome. So just to recap, Inboxy.io, it's, that tool is used to keep your cold emails out of spam, right? Mm-hmm. And the big differentiator with that is you want to show to Google or you want to show that you're to your mail server that your activity looks normal. Like you've created a, a domain and you're emailing on that server, not just for the purpose of pulling email, but it's, it's a more natural back and forth, right? Exactly. That's what that piece of software does for quicklines.ai, personalized emails. Obviously that, that's pretty intuitive, right? It makes sense. The more personalized your email is, the better conversion you can get out of it. And Closeify.com, proven salespeople, right? Once you generate mm-hmm. that lead and get someone on the phone, then the sales process begins. You need someone to, to handle that. So all about driving sale or, or efficiency in the sales and lead generation process, it seems like. Exactly. Everything that we're working on with those companies specifically are just all like lead generation, B2B outreach type of stuff. Awesome. And so uh, you mentioned agency uh, agency owners, your ideal customer, people who buy these products and services are mostly agency owners. Anyone else in that mix? 
Yeah, yeah. So, so who we target specifically is really anyone that runs a sales team specifically. It, it's a huge mix. Um, like for Inboxy and QuickLines, we're selling them a lot to like sales teams. And so we'll, we'll target like enterprise sales leaders and usually just try to get them on those kind of deals. QuickLine or uh, not QuickLine, Closeify specifically, we're, we're seeing a lot of wins in the, the agency space, as well as kind of like the info product space, like people who are selling like high ticket, like consulting and coaching programs. Mm. We're seeing like a lot of uh, wins there just because, I mean, it's a high margin business. They put a ton of money into ad spend. And so they're mm. generating a ton of inbound leads. And so it just makes sense. Right. What I want to talk to you about is I think you have a unique perspective on where cold outreach outbound sales is heading over the next decade, because you've spent time running an agency, generating leads for other companies and yourself. And you're also in the SaaS space where you're creating and taking advantage of tools that are coming to market in the space or before they come widespread in the market in the space. So I'd like to get your take on like, what are some of the things that you're seeing now are ripe for innovation? And we, let's just kind of take it from there. Yeah. So, so there, yeah, there's, there's a whole bunch there, right? Like, I think the space is constantly changing. Like what it was like five months ago is really not that, that relevance right now, specifically even like five years ago, right? Like a lot of the tools that we're seeing right now just weren't available five years ago. And so where I see it going is like, I think that it's going to get harder. I think that no matter what though, the thing that's always going to stay constant is that a good cold email it's all about the offer and the targeting, right? Like if you can get those two things down, you know, you're always going to get results to an extent. But I think that, you know, a lot of sending cold emails is just going to get harder. I think like like Google and all these other ESPs are just going to get like stricter on how you can send cold emails out and how they get delivered and stuff. So I think that's why I really like Inboxy because I think it's going to help in that space in the next couple couple years. And I really do think that, you know, with the amount of cold emails that are going out right now, and the access to really just blast them out. I think personalized cold emails are the future, right? Like I, I think the personalization is, is number one. I, and I, I really think that like companies like QuickLines, right? Like there's not that many out there that can do like AI personalization, right? And so not many people in like the total world know about this kind of stuff, unless they're really into outreach like us, right? right. And so I think right now is the time to kind of use tools like this because you're going to be able to get away a lot quicker, right? right? Versus like five, six years down the road, there's a ton of competitors. People all know about, you know, AI personalization. Now they're not even responding to cold emails because they don't know what is personalized and what isn't. Like, I would say like, if you're trying to do any of that stuff right now, today is like the time. Yeah. I feel like it's how the automated sending tools used to be several years ago when that was new Mm -hmm. and you could, you know, send out multiple email sequences or cadences automatically when that was still new. That was a big differentiator before everybody was doing that. Now everybody's doing that. Prospects know about it. They, they know that most of the stuff they're getting is automated and even the follow-ups are automated. It's kind of like the market's moving back to quality. And now these tools, like, like you mentioned, tools you have focus on quality and like uh, getting that message, getting that quality message in front of people to convert. Mm-hmm. For sure. Can you talk about some of the like, results that you've seen from, let's say, like doing a campaign, an outbound campaign. I don't, don't want to say the traditional way, but before kind of using these new tools that you have, like what was like the differences and results that you've seen that have been provided? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I, I'll talk about specifically about quick lines, right? So I've always been like a huge advocate for personalization in emails, right? 
when I first started my first company, I used to do a lot of spray and pray and it worked to an extent, but I started to see like a lot more tremendous results whenever like I started to personalize emails. Right. So I used to have like legit, like virtual assistants. I would sit there and write just personalized lines for each of the cold emails and it worked. It worked really well. But when I look at like the cost as well as the time uh, spent, it just wasn't an efficient system. Right. Like, you know, a virtual assistant is going to write you about 10 lines an hour, right? They're going to work about eight hours a day. That's 80 lines that are like good, right? But if you have them working five days a week, like they get burnt out because it's like, it's a very high labor or high intensive job, in my opinion, mm-hmm. it's just kind of one of those burnout jobs. And so always having to hire VAs, train VAs, and then vet their lines, make sure it's good and see if it was consistent. It was just a real big pain, right? Mm-hmm. And it did get the results, but at what cost, right? And so that's kind of why... Quick lines to me was just like a no brainer, right? Because like our value prop of quick lines is that, hey, it might not be as personalized right now as like a human writing it, but it's going to pump these lines that are very consistent, very personalized to like a good eye. And you're going to be able to get them in five minutes and be able to send out the emails immediately. And so like the results we saw were pretty much the same, right? Like I'm not going to lie and say that the, the our, our quick lines outperforms humans because it, it strictly doesn't, right? But it's just way more efficient because like if let's say like if you look at it from a numbers perspective, right? Like if my response rate was 10 percent with the the VAs writing it and my response rate with quick lines is eight percent, right? With it being generated in five minutes, I just need to send out more emails to just make sure the numbers stay the same. That Mm -hmm. makes sense. Right. And so like that's kind of how I looked at it and it just kind of changed how we did outreach. Right. So when you look at the raw the raw percentages aren't higher, but when you factor in the cost of the labor and time it takes to do that, and then going back and checking it, it makes sense. Yeah, uh, because of those, because it's way more efficient. Okay, mm-hmm. you mentioned offer and targeting are key. Can can you talk for a minute about targeting, and then we can get into like what what's in a really good offer? Yeah, if you look at all cold emails, right? Like I mean, like with our B two B outreach agency Leadbird, right? We're working with like 50 clients, right? And I can look at the clients and I can tell you which ones are going to work and which ones aren't, right? Mm. And this is why I, like when I first started, I used to do everything performance-based. But then I started to kind of like realize that like, hey, like some of these guys just don't have product market fit, right? right? And if they don't have product market fit, it doesn't matter how I do the outreach. It doesn't matter if I personally write every single email with the personalized line and I, you know, don't even use any automation tools and I send it one by one. I'm just not going to get results at scale for this guy. That's that's just simply put, right? And so that's why we put such a huge like emphasis on offer and targeting. You have to know who your ideal customer is and know their pain points inside and out. It's kind of funny because we'll have a lot of customers that we onboard and we fill they fill out their onboarding form and their ideal customer, like it's just so vague, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it Everybody. says small to medium-sized businesses. That's all it says. Yeah. And I'm like, that's, this is so vague. Like, who, like, let's go deeper. Let's figure out who we want to go after. If you just don't have that targeting and you don't have that offer right, it doesn't matter how you send the email. You're just not going to get results at scale. You may get a couple wins here and there. Great. But at scale, you're just not going to be able to make it work. What, what goes into targeting? What would you consider a like solid targeting? Yeah, we break it down, right? So we look at, okay, 
where does your ideal customer live? Like, are, are, are they worldwide? Are they just in the US? Are they just in the UK? And that usually comes to like, like what your service is and how you can fulfill it. Like if it's software, it could be worldwide, right? Because mm-hmm. you could technically service anyone depending on the rules and regulations there. And then we're looking at like their company size, right? Like where are they at in terms of company size? Like, you know, you're not going to sell, like for example, like a good example would Closeify, right? You're not going to sell that to Fortune 500s because they already have a whole recruiting system that, mm-hmm. you know, they're looking to add onto sales teams. You're going to look at guys that don't really have sales teams. So one to 20 range, uh, one to 20 like company size, like a lot of them don't have too many uh, closers or they're looking to add more closers, right? Mm-hmm. And so like just knowing how big the company is in terms of like what you're servicing, right? And like, that's really actually how I figured this out. Cause it's like, we were doing email marketing for this one dude. And he told me his ideal customer was like e-com brands that are doing like over like 20 mil or 30 mil per year. Mm-hmm. And then you look at all these companies that are doing like 20, 30 mil in the, the e-com space, they already have an in-house email marketer, right? Yeah. Like why would they outsource it to an agency? And right. so just those kind of things right there. And then we also look at like, what is their revenue at? Like, are they funded? I'm trying to think of the other things. Uh, oh, and then like we ask them like what doesn't like what makes them not your ideal customer. And usually it's like a couple keywords that you can pick up on. And so then you could do like a Boolean search to eliminate those people. And those are some of the things that we look at. I'm trying to think, I know I'm missing something in there. Oh, and then obviously like what industry are they in? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so those are those are the big things. And then we also look at like their current clients or clients that they have done work for, and mm-hmm. then try to find commonalities from those with like people that we build in our prospecting list and see if we can figure out like a, a good match. Like reverse engineer who yeah. would be is everything you're using using a lot of LinkedIn sales navigator to find this stuff? Yeah, it depends. LinkedIn sales navigator is pretty good, not for e-com though specifically. Mm-hmm. With e-com, you know, we're using any mail or not any mail finder. What's it called? I think it's called like store leads. Store leads. Yeah. 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 That's the one. Um, mm-hmm. we're using that. I got another one yesterday that I liked a lot. And then if it's like, like if we're like targeting, depending on like technology, it's usually like built with sales nav is like, I would say like most people are pretty solid with it, but sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, we might need to use built with. And then I think we have a couple of others. And then I also like to ask clients, like, are there any directories with your ideal customer in there? And then typically there is, and then we'll just build like a simple bot that will go in and scrape it. Mm-hmm. And then usually like everything that we'll do there, like we'll, we'll take like all the data from like store leads or we'll take it from wherever the source is, right? And then we'll, we'll always input it back into, into sales nav so we can find them on there, find their entire team and just get it like that. that like the sense. CSV file? Oh, we do CSV, but we also have like a Python bot that will like manually enter like the, giving away our sauce, but <laughs> it, it'll like manually enter them into like the company company names and then it'll pull it up. Cause you're going to be, cause like, it's kind of hard to explain like, but like visually. It'll, it'll actually input the information in that sidebar area, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean? And then, and then so you can filter. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. you can filter by like uh, the person or not person titles. But that's mm-hmm. another filter that we look at very, very hard. You filter by the titles and then kind of look at it a little bit better. Awesome. Anything else on targeting? Or is that pretty? One thing I would say on targeting is that like if you're using like because like we used to just get VAs off of Upwork and stuff mm-hmm. and like. It worked to an extent, but it's like, if you're running like a B2B outreach agency, I would just bring that in-house and own that process all the way through and know exactly how to do it for each kind of like vertical. And then one thing to also note is that like your virtual assistants are doing a lot of data scraping and a lot of it's like manual effort and manual like tasks and stuff. But a lot of what they're doing, because it's repetitive, can be like 
automated in a sense by like paying someone on Upwork for like a, a Python bot that just kind of executes the task for them. And then you just have them overwatch it and it makes them way more efficient. So like, that's something I would highly recommend. I actually just picked up on this, like maybe two to three months ago from one of my friends, because uh, that's what he was doing with his VAs and, and at scale, like, dude, it saves so much more time. Like our, our virtual assistants are able to build like a really solid quality list, mm-hmm. uh, like within like, like minutes. Right. And then from that list, like with that extra time, we can have them just like manually go through it. If that makes sense. Yeah. You're using software that will scrape a website and they're just looking at those results rather than manually inputting those in. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Is that how you get a lot of your development done? Is like on Upwork, you put in there what you want and then find somebody to build it. Yeah. So we found this one guy and now we just use him for everything. I mean, he's very affordable and he just understands like what we want. And so, yeah, you just asking them for like, like if you put in like Python bots or I think the other one is like Celium or Celium or something like that bots, you'll get like a whole bunch of developers because they're really simple to make and they're like, they're really cheap. I mean, if I knew it like basic coding, you'd be able to make it and figure it out. Sure. That's mainly just like web scraping stuff you're doing. You do anything else with bots? I mean, we'll do some like Black Hat stuff and like scrape like master databases, like mm-hmm. automated and stuff like that. Sure. Like Apollo is a good one and an easy one to kind of scrape. And so we'll we'll sit in some of these databases and just compile all their data and just have it for ourselves if nice. we ever need to use it. So <laughs> nice. Let's talk offers. What makes a great offer? What what have you used in the past that really lands with people when it comes to offers? Yeah. So with our outreach, we always like to be conversationalists, right? Like we always want. Like I'm not aiming for a meeting off that first cool email. I'm, at, I'm aiming for a response, uh-huh. right? And we always, and this is kind of like how we like craft our scripts. We always try to ask like a question that leads them back to you, right? So like a good one would be saying, and then sometimes, I mean, you, we want to be careful though, right? Sometimes it's a little too baity. Like for example, like if we're doing B2B outreach, right? Like I don't want to send a cold email to you and say, hey, are you looking for more clients? Mm-hmm. Right. Because right. obviously the answer for you is yes. And then I don't want to come back and pitch you and say, oh, like I do B2B outreach. Our agency has helped X, Y, and Z. That's a little too baity, but there's kind of ways to go about it. But in terms of like offer, I mean, it's kind of hard. I mean, a good book to kind of figure out how to write really good offers that I just read recently and everyone's been fangirling about is uh, 100 million offers <laughs> for 100 million something by Alex Ramosi. And that breaks it down perfectly, man. It's just like, you got to have a no brainer. You got to have something that just is, that's easy to fulfill on. Like the worst thing that you could do is say, Hey, we're 100% performance based. So we're, or, or just add on all of these things and just not be able to deliver on it. Right. Right. And so I think the offer has to do a lot of like what you're selling, but also what you can actually do. Right. Cause I can uh-huh. say, Hey, I can guarantee you a million appointments and it's going to cost you $5,000. I can collect that $5,000 from you because you're like, oh, sweet, it's guaranteed. Mm -hmm. If I can't fulfill on it, then it doesn't mean anything. It's not a good offer. Right. What are some, other than starting that conversation, are there any, like, for example, I just interviewed someone who their software is, it it helps remove bad reviews from Yelp, Google for small businesses automatically by like disputing it via the platform's content guidelines that'll like auto dispute it, use the right language. And a lot of times get stuff taken down. So it was like a tough problem for the business owner. They really hate it. And he was like offering like, Hey, I, you know, I can remove this for you. And they're like, well, yeah, <laughs> do you want me to remove this for you for free? They're like, yeah. Have you done anything like that where like created an offer that's just, that has been 
super impactful, like anything like creative like that before in the past? Or is it usually a lot of times just starting that conversation and taking it from there? Yes. I mean, I would say like the, the one that's like, like working the best and it's booking the most amount of appointments is for Closeify, right? Mm-hmm. And it's because their offer is like a no brainer, right? And so we'll literally just message agency owners saying, hey, are you looking for a commission-based sales rep? That's mm-hmm. what that's what we're selling essentially, right? And everyone replies, yeah, I do. I want that. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so their sales team, I mean, their sales team is small, right? They only have one guy that does appointments that, that takes care of all the closing and stuff. He gets on average like at least 25 appointments a week consistently and then really more if like they're qualified because some of them like because like they're, they're very hard on who they bring in because like they don't want to pair a closer with uh, an agency owner that's struggling and is only getting like one appointment a week right right and so they, they want to find guys that are doing like 5 10 uh, 20 appointments a week and pair those up with closers just so the closer has more chances to bat so that one right there that that has probably been one of our best like campaigns up there Awesome. Yeah, just it shifts the risk in the prospect's mind to you completely. So they're really, it's like, yeah, it's a no brainer because I don't have to give anything up and then be like, oh, is it going to work? Da, da, da. It's like mm-hmm. you're, you're putting your money where your mouth is and showing them, like, hey, here's the offer, solid. Exactly. No brainer, like you said. I'd like to hear about just like at a high level, are there any campaigns you've run recently that have performed really well? And you'd like to share like the results, even if it's kind of ballpark stuff, just like maybe something unique you did that you liked. Yeah. So that, that one has probably been our most recent success that I can think of off the top of my head. I do want to test a couple of things out that he's like, at least like in Q4 just started. So I want to just test a whole bunch of outreach methods that we have. Mm-hmm. And so I'll kind of get into that in, in the next couple of minutes. But that campaign that we ran, I want to say that the acceptance rate off the LinkedIn was like above 30, which I think is like very high in that Uh sense. And then the email response rate was like, I believe around the 20 to 25%. And we're probably sending out, I mean, and that's like in batches of like thousands, I would say, not like hundreds and stuff. So it's like, it's really tested. And so, yeah, that's, that's what I would say right there. Yeah. I would say that's like pretty baseline stats that I can think of off the top of my head. Awesome. Do you usually, you get people on a, a discovery call after that? Yeah, we always push for a discovery call first, make sure they're a good fit. And if they are, I mean, usually we'll just look to close because it's a no-brainer offer. And so most of the time, like the qualified prospects that we just know are like already at that stage where we want them, they're usually like, yeah, I'm down. Just send us send us more information and we'll go ahead and pay it down. And awesome. so from there, it's it, it's a very short sales cycle. It's not long. It's not a lot of follow-up. And the volume is so high that we're not really looking for a long sales process either. Very cool. How many people who reply do you think you get on discovery calls or percentage-wise? I don't know percentage-wise, but I would say like our positive response rates are like extremely high. Like it, let's say like out of 100, you know, 40% accept our acceptance rate or 40 people accept our connection. LinkedIn, I'm messing up my words. Uh, they, <laughs> they accept the connection request. I would say like a good, good percentage of those guys are always answering and going straight to like, oh, okay, sweet. How much does this cost? Or, okay, sweet. Like, yeah, let's get on a phone call, see if it's a good fit. And so like, it's always usually leading to discovery calls in my opinion. Awesome. Inboxy.io, quicklines.ai, closeify.com. Nick Abraham, pleasure having you on. Thank you. Awesome. You have a good one. Dude, thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right, bye. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and share it with a friend. Thanks for listening.